Thank you for listening to the Calvary Chapel Lubbock podcast. Our mission of teaching people to love God by showing them how much He loves us starts right now. Church, it's been said that the year 2020, right? It's been said that it's definitely a unique year. Can I get an amen? You're just like, uh huh. See, we had 29 days in February. 300 days in March, five years in April, and coming into May, it's like Groundhog Day. You know what I'm saying? It's the same over and over. You wake up and you're just like, I cannot. I mean, who's with me? Isn't it unique? This is crazy. Uh, talking to Joe and, and other people, they're like, I've never seen this in my lifetime. In my whole lifetime, what, what, what we're experiencing today. Now, here's my prayer. My prayer is that we're on the upside, hopefully, of a world that's gone crazy. We're on the upside, and um, I don't know what new normal looks like. I don't know what it's going to be. My pastor texted me yesterday, and he's like, hey, man, uh, I'm praying for you. I'll let you know. And and I'm thinking, I don't know what this is going to look like. For me, I'm just thinking of stuff like temperature and, and hand sanitizer and make sure you guys wash and don't hug anybody and all that. So it's, it's just we're trying to navigate all this. But here's what I do know. Okay, I don't want to focus on what I don't know, but I want to focus on what I do know. You guys ready? God is still on the throne and he's still in control. Amen? Yes. God is on the throne. He's still on the throne. My God, you can see him closer than ever before. I can feel him, man. I know he's there. I've never believed deeper than I do right now. I know he's coming back for us. And I feel him right now. So today, I want to talk to you guys about moving forward. Moving forward in our lives, guys, and moving forward as a church. Now, I know it's Mother's Day. I get it. This is the day we came back. And I pray you guys celebrate your mom today. I pray you celebrate. I pray you eat barbecue, whatever you want to do. I say you have a blast. But as I was praying this week, as I was praying, guys, I realized, and, and I know it's commonplace and cliche, but I know we're living in the last days. I know, guys, that this is the fourth quarter with 20 seconds left in the game. This is it. And for some people, it's scary. For some people, it's like, oh, I don't know what's going to happen. But for others, it's exciting. Okay, so we're not living in the days of of David. We're not living in, we're living in the days where God decided this is where you're going to be to see the glorious return of Jesus. How cool is that? He chose us. And my pastor the other day said, and God picked Ben Martinez to pastor Calvary Chapel Lubbock. It's such a time like this. I was like, oh, that sounded so weird, right? That God picked us for such a time as this. It's so cool. But I was praying and I thought, I want to give an encouraging message. I want to give a message of hope moving forward in our lives. Okay, so here's a question we must ask, okay? What is our life... What is our church, let me go back to this, what does our lives, what does this church look like moving forward? What does it really look like? Okay? Now, let me tell you why. I have learned a lot about my own heart and how the church should function during this time. I've learned so much. And so I have to be vulnerable 
And I have to, and I put on my notes, true confession. I've got to confess to you guys. I have learned so much. Well, you go like what? Okay. Church, listen to me. Number one, I have always taught for years that the church is not a building, but the people. Can I get an amen? amen. Joe, am I, you know that, right? But here's what I've learned. What I learned during this time is that it is the people that really make up the church. And the building, guys, is just a tool that God allows us to use. You know what I mean? I learned that. I learned that, that we as believers, we need to be more full. I mean, it's wonderful to come here, but there's a purpose to come here. Paul actually writes this in Ephesians chapter 4. When he gives us his, this, this command, he says, and he himself, Jesus, gave himself to be, gave some to be apostles, some prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. For what? For the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry. Newsflash! Y'all are in ministry. Every one of us is in ministry. And you come in here in this tool that God gave us so that we could do the ministry. What? What's the ministry? He says, for the edifying of the body. Don't you understand how wonderful it is to, to broadcast live? How wonderful it is to get the message out? How wonderful it is to see clicks and all that? But here's the key. The key is that God says, listen, it's time for us to do the ministry outside these four walls. And there's nothing like a pandemic to get us to step out of our comfort zone and talk to your neighbor and to do worship on your sidewalk and to, and to cry with those who are scared. It's, there's nothing like this. Why? Because he says we need to edify. Why? What, till, till when? Paul says, well, till we all come into the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God to a perfect man, to the measure and the stature of the fullness of Christ. Here's the point, guys. Jesus gave us all gifts. He gave us all gifts so that we can minister, so that we can be ministers outside these four walls. Does that mean pastor at Walmart? Because, listen, there's nobody more focused than me when I go to Walmart, okay? I can see a few things, but I, I'm going in, I'm getting what I need, and I'm getting out. You guys know what I'm talking about. Are you guys focused like that, some of you? My daughter is very observant on everything. Dad, did you see that person just pulled her mask down and sneezed and put it back up? What? Who did that? Where's the apples? You know what I'm saying? And, and, but the, the point is, is that, guys... I have no idea what the point is. No, the point is, is that, is that we're called to minister and see at the Walmart, at our jobs. Let me say this. Whether you were laid off or you're working, you're essential. You're essential. You have to be. We're essential to the gospel getting out. And you know what? Uh, I look at my sister over here who is on the front line at the hospital. Listen, she took one for the team. To get the gospel out. Why? Because her life is the gospel. Do you understand? Every one of us going to a work or going to a different place, it's, it's okay. Because you don't know who's sitting next to you that might have the virus. Guys, think about it. This is what he says. This is just a tool. And we want to keep our tool nice. We want to have comfortable chairs. Um, we want to have it air conditioned in this. We, you understand that, right? But it's just a tool. You know what the church, the church is, uh, anyway, I'm just so excited. Number two, I have taught for many years that we need the Holy Spirit active in our lives. Can I get an amen? amen? But here's what I've learned. 
I've learned that there's no greater time than now to be filled with the Holy Spirit of God. Amen. To accomplish his work while on the earth. Why? Listen to me. You're not saved just to be saved. God didn't just save you to go, well, you're saved now. Amen. See you in heaven. You know, okay. I'll check on you every once in a while. That's not God. God saved you guys. You understand that. When you said yes to Jesus, he saved you for a reason, and he has a plan, and he has a purpose. And I believe that we must internalize, guys, what Paul taught when he said, for me to live is Christ, to die is gain. For me to live, I'm going to live for Jesus every day, and if I die whether it's cancer or COVID or a bus or whatever it might be, I get to go to heaven. Guys, listen to me. And, 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 and I don't, I, I got to be careful how I say this because the end goal for the believer is heaven. Listen, I want to hold on to my life as best I can, but not at the expense of not going to see Jesus. I, I, listen, I love my life. I love my family. I'm, whoo, I love you guys. But when Jesus says, come up here, peace. That's the goal. That's the goal. Make sure, make sure we're not holding on. For me to live is Christ. To die is gain. Do you guys remember what Jesus told us? Do you remember what he taught us? Right? It, it, it's a, it's in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, he said this, but you shall receive power. When the Holy Spirit comes upon you, for what reason? And you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all of Judea, Samaria, and all the ends of the earth. What's he saying? Guys, listen, we need the Holy Spirit for Lubbock, Texas. Can I get an amen? We need the Holy Spirit for Texas, for the United States, and for our world. And so one of the things I learned is now is the time that we need to be walking under the power of the Holy Spirit. And I'll tell you, when you do that is when you'll be mostly attacked. When you're walking under the power of the Holy Spirit, when you're witnessing, when you're sharing to your neighbor, that's when, that's when you'll be attacked because that's what we need right now. Moving forward, guys, without the Holy Spirit is going to accomplish nothing. The third thing I've learned during this pandemic, you ready? People matter. People matter. Okay? Why? Because they're... They're the image. They're the Imago Dei. They're the image of God. And, and, and God in his infinite wisdom has made us all different. Different shapes, different colors, different sizes, different voices. I mean, just all different. And I think that is super cool. Because it would, be, it would just be awful if we all looked the same and talked the same. And God did something so incredible. But during this time, here's what I realized. Here's what I've learned. I saw a lot of people hurt. I see a lot of people broken. I see a lot of people scared, and I see a lot of people worried. I see it. I was at Walmart the other day, and um, the corner market, and I saw so many people with face masks and gloves. Now, here's the point, guys. That, this doesn't bother me. That some wear face masks and some wear gloves. That doesn't bother me. And others don't. I, what bothers me, guys, is, is that I see that these are God's people. And I could see the fear in their eyes. 
And, and I'm just looking at there, and, I, and I'm wondering, what are they afraid of? And, of course, we know that they're afraid of the unknown. They don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. They don't know when their phone's going to go, and it's another viral, I mean, whatever it might be. So, so they're afraid. Okay, we're covering up. Uh, they're afraid, guys, listen. They're afraid of something they can't see. What if I touch this? What if you've touched this? And, 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 and I'm just like, and, and I started, it started to break my heart. And I thought, what? What does our world become? And it reminded me of this. My baby girl sitting over here to my right, she's the one who led worship. She has grown so much, but do you realize at five years old, about five or six years old, I'll never forget it. I mean, I'm asleep, and at five or six years old, I hear this blood-curdling scream, Daddy! I get up, right? And I'm running down the hall, full spray. I'm thinking somebody's coming in her window. This is, this is what's going on, right? Half asleep, bumping into walls. You guys know what I'm talking about? My wife still laughs about it today. I'm trying to find the door. She's screaming. And I run in there, and, and I, what's the matter? What's the matter? What's wrong? And, 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 and what it was is you guys know this, right? She was afraid of, we used to call it the Raz. So who's the Raz? You know, when you go, Raz, right? She was afraid. And, 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 and now, listen, she had a legitimate fear. You guys know what I'm talking about. Maybe some of you had that when you were little. But there's my baby girl, right? And me being intellectual, me being the grown-up, oh, sweetie, look, there's nobody here. So what we would do is we'd look in the closet. There's nobody here. We'd look under the bed. We'd look together. You, you guys know what I'm talking about? But she was still, boom, 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 boom. Daddy, 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 daddy. Listen. Here's the point. My baby girl was scared, and it did not matter what I said before bed. Now, now, baby, there's nothing here. Don't worry. Daddy's right here. It didn't matter. It didn't matter how we both looked under the bed or in the closet. Listen to me. To her, it was real. It was real. And all she wanted was daddy to hold her. Listen, no matter what side your take is on this coronavirus, if you're over here and you're going, man, you need to wear a mask, you need to wear gloves, and you don't touch and stay home, or you're over here going, golly, we just need to get out and get normal, it does not matter what side you're on. Listen to me, people matter, and to them right now, they're afraid. Okay? And it doesn't matter if we come and go, listen, let me show you the data. Let me tell you that, let me show you the doctors. Let me show you the demonstrations. Everything's going to be okay. Here's what they need. Listen to me. They just need daddy to hold them. They just want their daddy to hold them. They want them, they want to know that it's going to be okay. And this is Christians and non-Christians alike. And I'm saying to you today, we must be the church. We must be a church. We must be the light in a very dark world. Now, I know what you're thinking. You're going, Pastor, how do we do that? Well, I want to interrupt the Apostle Paul's testimony to hone in on something that should be helpful to us moving forward as a church. Okay? 
Philippians chapter 3, picking it up in verse 8, read with me. Paul writes, Yet indeed, I also count all things lost for the excellence and the knowledge of of Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and count them as rubbish that I may gain Christ, and be found in him not having my own righteousness, which is from the law, but that which... Through faith in Christ, the righteousness which is from God by faith. Your attention, please. Here's what Paul is saying, those of you watching online. He says, yes, everything else, listen to me, is worthless compared to the infinite value of knowing Christ. Everything else, that's what Paul is saying. Everything else. And he says, and for this... And for his sake, I have discarded everything else. I actually count it as rubbish, garbage. Do you see how infinite value my God is? And Paul says, it's, he, it's, I compare everything else. If we had the million-dollar home and the, and the six, seven-figure bank account, Paul says, that's rubbish. That doesn't mean anything compared to knowing God. That's what he's saying. He says, I could gain Christ and become one with him. And he says, I no longer count on my own righteousness through obeying the law. Rather, I become the righteousness through faith in Christ. Paul says, guys, listen, everything in life, everything in life really is rubbish compared to knowing Jesus. He goes on in verse 10. Notice what he says. He says that I may know him. Do you guys see that? And the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being conformed to his death. And if by any means I may attain to the resurrection of the dead. Now, this is deep. So we got to break this down. Okay, here's what Paul says. He says that I may know him. Can I get an amen? When we come to die. Give me Jesus. Give me Jesus. This is what he's saying, that I may know him. Guys, if you have a pencil handy, you can circle that word for know. It's in the Greek. It's gnosko, and it means to know by experience, to know by experience. Yesterday, Nathan and I were having a conversation at home, and we were talking about the, the um, trial she went through with cancer. And when she was sitting on chemo and she had all that, and you know when she was going through that several years ago, she told me, I knew God in a way that I've never known. I felt his breath. She goes, I know it was the Holy Spirit. I felt his breath. That's experience. That's how I'm just going, I don't know if I could ever say that. I don't know if I've ever felt God's breath. I know God. I've, I've walked with him. He's done incredible things. But she says, man, and I'm going, this is by experience. You know him. You know, this is what Paul is saying. Paul is saying that I may feel his breath on me. Guys, we are living in a time where it's not enough to know about Jesus. We need to experience him in everyday life. Well, how so? Well, Paul says, I want to know the power of resurrection. Don't you want to know that? I want to know the power. Knowing Jesus means knowing the power, the new life that is imparted to us now, not when we die. Don't you want to walk in victory now? 
Don't you want to see people saved now? Don't you want, doesn't your heart yearn? That's what I want to see. I want to know the power of his resurrection. One commentator put it like this, quote, He wants to know in an experiential way the power of Christ's resurrection. That is, he wants to experience the same power that raised Christ from the dead. Can I get an amen? Surging through his own being, overcoming sin in his life. That's a good one. And producing the Christian graces. But then Paul goes on to say, I want to know him, how? In the fellowship of his sufferings. Time out. Listen, I'm good in the resurrection. I want to see Jesus do some big things, sis. Do you want to know him in his suffering? Mm -mm. Who wants to suffer? That's not a good message. Welcome to Calvary. Y'all are going to suffer. No, 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 no. It's important. Why? Because knowing Jesus means knowing the fellowship of his suffering. It's all part of following Jesus. You will, Ben, I'm not sure what it means, his sufferings. Many believers miss this trait, and you go, why? Because they believe that the Christian faith provides a freedom from hardship. Hey, give your life to Jesus, and you will have everything you've ever wanted. Life is going to be so amazing. You're going to just have that car, the boat, the house. I mean, I mean, it, and it's like, no, 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 no. Here's the thing. We've got to be careful because, because so many people believe that, that it, it provides a freedom from hardship, from cancer, and from colds, and from COVID-19. We had a, we had a question asked, what if, what if a Christian gets the virus? It's, it could happen. It could happen. I know many of Christians. Sally, who, who, who sat right here, 86 years old, she got it. And she recovered wonderfully. And so, Sally, if you're watching, we love you. We miss you. Listen, this is a common false teaching of what we call motivational speakers who use biblical terminology for their speeches. God wants to do this. But both Paul and the rest of the early church knew that living for Christ, now listen to me, included both the joys and the struggles of Christ. And this means suffering. See, Paul personally endured hardship despised, despite his faithful life spent serving Christ. There's going to be some hard times in our lives, guys. I want to learn from them. I want to be like Jesus. Paul says, I want to know him. And be conformed to his death. Now, the focus is on becoming like him, guys, in death, not the method of death. Okay? Paul wants to die to a world of sin and temptation so he can be fully transformed in order to be like Christ. That's the difference. He says, I want to be conformed so I can know him even more. I can know him even more. He goes on in verse 12, and he says, Not that I have already attained or I'm already perfected, but I press on that I may hold that for which Christ Jesus is also laid of hold of me. Paul says, I'm not saying that I have it all together. That's a good amen, amen? Because I'm not saying I have it all together or I have it made. There's not one of us. And I don't want anybody ever come into this church and say, Wow, look at you guys. You all have it together, man. You guys look like you got it going down. Because they don't know what's going on inside. Can we agree that we're all a mess? That we're all broken and that we're all holding hands saying that we're walking forward with Jesus. 
That, that's really what it's all about. That's just what Paul is saying. This is what Paul is saying. Now, for us moving forward, Paul writes, Brethren, I do not count myself to apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those which are ahead, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of Christ in Christ Jesus. This is what Paul says. So as we come to Welcome Back Sunday, as we move forward in an ever-changing world, here's what we must do. We must forget those things which are behind. Okay, we must forget. That's what he says. We need to reach forward to those things that are ahead, and we need to press toward the goal, the prize of the upward call of Christ, of God in Christ. Okay, this is what Paul exhorts us to do. Now, how do we do this practically? How does this apply to us? What should we do? How should we move forward? Okay, here's, let me give you just a, a, a scenario. It was March 15th. I had the bulletins up there. It was the last time we met on Sunday. And the world had already gone crazy at that point, started going crazy. I had text Pastor Soph, says, so do we do? And he's like, well, let's see how it goes. And, and, and so we met. That was the last time we met together. And all of a sudden, the world gets even, even more nuts. They made us stay at home. They called it shelter in place. The, all of that said, yeah, I don't have to go over that. You guys know what I'm talking about. It was just, it was, it was Groundhog Day. You woke up and you're just like, it's the same day. What is, this is nuts. And people got worried, am I going to lose my job? Am I not going to lose my job? Okay? Well, God began to show me some, some things, and I thought, you know what? How are we going to go moving forward? Okay? If it's, okay, so here's what we're doing. Okay, I'm the coach. Let's huddle together. Fourth quarter, 20 seconds left. How are we going to win this thing? And so we're gathered together. God gave us another opportunity. He gave us a building to use as a tool, but the church is really outside. The church is outside those doors. How are we going to do this? Okay. Well, if you're taking note, let me, let, let's just go through this. Okay. Here's what we're going to do. With the remainder of our time, I want you to labor with me a few things that we're going to do moving forward in life and as a church. Okay. These are things you need to take in your heart, but also see them as a church. Here's what we're going to do. Number one, I've taught this before. We need to see our failures as new beginnings and not an end. We need to see our failures as new beginnings, not as an end. Listen, I understand the fear of failure. I understand the fear of failure in life. I understand the fear of failure as a pastor. I planted this church 16 years ago. I thought it'd be bigger by now. I don't know. Maybe I'm a failure. I understand the internal strugglings. I guys, you guys understand that. Boy, I've messed up my life. Things are, I mean, but at the same time, Guys, all of us have areas of our lives that need improvement. And it's been said, listen to me, we learn more from our failures than our successes. We learn more. I think now's a good time for reflection and say, man, I need to learn. We need to learn. We had a meeting the other day and I told Jesse, Jesse, I totally fumbled the ball. He goes, well, so? I said, I don't, I don't have a, a database of my, of my sheep that I need to reach out. And I can do it through Facebook, but some of them aren't on Facebook. I, can, I got people that I can text and, hey, where, are, you, are you okay? And so we're working. Guys, we're working on a few things. We're working that we're going to have a database that we can reach out 
We can send you an email. We can, we can text you. We, we want to have that database. Are you guys with me? Okay? What if the government tries to shut us down again? Now, listen, I'm not anti-government. Don't get me wrong, right? They did it for our health. I get it. That, that was, it wasn't like, oh, they're the bad guys. We need to have, guys, moving forward, home fellowships in place so we can meet if the building is never an option again. We're going to establish that so that you have a place to go to and still be fed the word of God and still be with believers. Do you guys remember what Paul said? Paul said, guys, forget what is behind. Don't let past failures define you. Starting today, we're going to try. We're going to try. And if we fail, we're going to learn. It's a new beginning. It's a new beginning. Guys, as a church, let us go out and make mistakes. For you see, it's in the trying that we learn. And let us not be afraid of failure. Well, you messed up. That's okay. We learned. We learned. Guys, I'm not worried about screens that look like this for the whole service. I'm not worried about, I'm not worried about any of this stuff. Because what really matters is that we're moving forward about people. You, you guys understand. You guys understand that God gave me a vision when I first got saved. You understand that, right? You understand that he called me to be an evangelist, and my job was to bring as many people to heaven as I could. I mean, I still have that dream. And I feel like it's never been more relevant than now. As I sit here preaching, I want people, get in, get in the truck, bro. Get in the truck. Truck represents salvation in my dream. Get in the truck. Well, you failed. You didn't. No, 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 no. We're going to do this together. We're going to do this together. Uh, uh, Number two, moving forward. Guys, moving forward. Ready? We need to take risks for the gospel. Okay? If we don't, then we'll never know what God wanted to do. We need to take risks. Um, We're creatures of comfort. We're creatures of comfort. Okay? It's hard to take risks. The unknown is super hard. What do we do moving forward? What does June look like? I think we need to take more risks in our lives and as a church. Guys, it was Hudson Taylor, the great man of God of faith who founded China, the Inland Mission, integrated faith and risk. He said, quote, unless there is an element of risk in our exploits for God, there is no need for faith, end quote. Remember, we needed to be filled with God's Holy Spirit. We need to hear his voice when he says, stop, I want you to. The other day, the Lord, I believe, told me to do something, which involved money. Okay. And so I said, Lord, I'll be obedient. But is it really you, Lord? Is that really you? He wanted me to give a gift card of 50 bucks to somebody and tell them that God loved them. He wanted me to do that. Well, I had the gift card in my pocket, but I was like, is that you, Lord? Is that really you? Because that could be me, but is that you? 
We need to take risks because people matter. So I still have $50. No, I'm just kidding. I don't. I gave it. You go, well, Ben, how do you know that was God? I really felt like it, and if it wasn't, that's okay. But I want to take risks. Starting today, church, listen to me. We're going to take risks. We're going to step out in faith to do some things. Now, I understand. Listen, right now, we're still under. We, there's a whole lot of that you saw coming in. We can't hug. We can't touch. We can't do any ministry other than this right now. But eventually, God's going to open those doors to go out. But we want to be ready. Amen? Amen. We want to be ready. We want to be ready. We want to step out in faith. But what if you stumble? What if you fall? And we'll, we'll get back up. We'll get back up. Listen, we have just a short time. Well, what, what else should I do? Number three. Okay, jot this down. Always do more than expected. Always do more. You go, what do you mean? Whenever it comes to the Lord, guys, under-promise and over-deliver. Under-promise and over-deliver. Don't do it the other way. Don't over-promise and under-deliver. This is for God. This is for his kingdom moving forward. This is for the gospel. This is for that one person that's going to come up to you in heaven and go, because of you, I'm here. Because you were faithful to tell me. Because you... Because where everybody else was mean, everybody else was ridiculing, everybody else was teasing me, you, you were nice to me. And I never, and I remembered that. Because you sacrificed your own personal equipment so we can get the gospel online. I mean, it's all of that, guys. It was Solomon, right? Solomon told us in Ecclesiastes chapter 9, verse 10, he says, Whatever your hand finds to do, do it with your might. For there is no work or device or knowledge or wisdom in the grave where you are going. All you have is this life. So do it, do it, do it as best you can. Listen, if it's worth doing, do it right. If it's worth doing. And that's what he's saying. That's what he's saying, guys. Always do more than that's expected. Always do more. Under promise, I can do this. And then over, wow, you did that. That's amazing. That's amazing. Number four. This is a good one. You ready? Jot this down. Make peace with the past. Make peace with the past. It was the prophet Isaiah who wrote to us in Isaiah 43, verse 18. Do not remember the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. You shall know it. I will even make a road in the wilderness and the rivers of the desert. What's he saying, guys? Often in our lives, we allow our past to dictate or direct our future. For you see, we haven't really made, made peace with it. We struggle with, well, I would have, should have, could have, that's what I should have done. We struggle with, boy, I'm such a mess up here and there. And, and, and what the word of God is trying to tell us, guys, is that we haven't made peace with our past. And the problem is everybody has a past. I don't know where we thought we had to be perfect or where we were, we, we thought, you know, and when we made a mistake, the enemy is real good to tell us how bad we made a mistake, right? Well, you, you, brother, you can't serve the Lord. 
Bro, you can't you can't serve the Lord and play drums because you were the, remember where you were? You were the remember you were the guy with the you were the and the enemy comes in, and, and, and so you, you start to believe that, and you start to go, man, I can't do anything for the Lord. Bro, you can't preach for the Lord. Bro, you can't go out. You can't be a missionary. You can't do anything because, because you're a total mess up. You know what? We make peace with that. We all make mistakes. I need to move forward today. You guys understand that we're living in that time. We're living in that time. We don't have much time. Guys, I have learned some things about what's going on in our world with with Bill Gates and, I mean, all of these stuff, all of this stuff has been coming in my brain, right? Cryptocurrency, anybody know what cryptocurrency is? I mean, bitcoins and all this, I mean, I'm just like, man. So I told Nathalie, I said, Nathalie, knowing that Jesus could come back today, how should we live? My hope your answer is nothing changes, we do the same. But here's the thing. If, knowing that Jesus came back, here's the thing. We have a platform, guys. We have a platform to get the gospel out. If the gospel changed you, and the gospel changed you, and the gospel changed you, and the gospel changed you, there's plenty of people out there that need the gospel. Remember, they're afraid, and they need daddy to hold them. Daddy is the gospel. He's our Jesus. He's the one that holds us when we're crying. He's the one that holds us when we're fearful. He's the one. And so, guys, think about it. Make peace from the past. It's over. And when people bring it up, go, amen. Well, you did that. I know, dummy. I can't believe I did that. But thank God he saves me. Isn't that cool? Flip it on its head and give God the glory. What other God would save a bunch of misfits and you guys know what I'm talking about Paul says Paul says it like this I am the chief of sinners y'all think you're sinners I got you beat Paul the apostle thank God for the cross so you didn't do everything right in your life who does but today moving forward it's the gospel it's the gospel number five you guys ready ready stop overthinking things Act on it. And I don't mean that in your life. Some of you are overthinkers, right? Um, sometimes your brain doesn't shut, up, shut off at night. You go to bed and... I mean, I get that. But this is what he's talking about this is... This is known as the paralysis of analysis. You go, what do you mean? In, refer, in referring to the rules that we talked about, so many times, guys, we overthink what God wants us to do. And when we think about it and think about it and think about it, then it's too late. We've procrastinated too much and, and we, we, we lose out on what God wanted us to do. Right here. You go, well, what's the definition? To think about something too much for too long, then we never step out in faith. You know, guys, okay, okay. Example. This stage... I've wanted this stage like this 10 years ago. But I think about it, think about it, and I don't step out. You can, I mean, I think I frustrate Jesse, and I think I frustrate him more because I want stuff. Well, you know, I don't know. Let let, let me see. And sometimes you just say, "Let's, let's just go for it. Let's just see. And then when it comes out nice like this, I'm like, man, I should have done that a long time ago. 
Do you guys see what? It's the, it's the paralysis of analysis. But think about that in your life and faith. What does God want to do? What does God want us to do as a church? Okay, now remember, the building is a tool. I don't want to bring people here just to have people here. What I want to bring people here is to mobilize them to go out there. To knock on doors in your neighborhood and to tell them Jesus loves them. Do, do, do you understand that my next door neighbor is a single lady and me and my six-year-old granddaughter made a cake and we took her some. Hi, we just want to make sure you're okay. Here's a piece of chocolate cake. Hope you enjoy it. Now, if she, did, if she ate it, I don't know if she ate it or not, but the point is what? That we're checking on our neighbors and we're showing that people matter because I learned that, guys. Would I like her to be sitting here? Oh, absolutely. But it's got to take, it's, it's take an effort. It's, she's got to know that I care. Stop overthinking. It doesn't solve the problems. What I found in my life is it causes depression. You just overthink it, overthink it, overthink it. Number six. Moving forward, here's what Calvary's going to do. Here's what we need to do. You ready? Never compare yourself to others. Never compare yourself to others. We are who God made us. Right? We are who God made us. I am as different from Adam as Adam is from me. He can grow a beard. I can't. He is... Man, I applaud you. You, you. you just, look, I mean, you, you're awesome. And I want to learn, but I realize that we're different. I realize that we're different. He, here's, here's my heart. My heart is, I get to learn from all of you. I get to learn from all of you. And I hope in the same way Adam goes, well, I'm not a Ben. I wish I could preach the Bible like that. Man, what an inspiration. I look at Alex and I say, man, Alex can play the drums. Boy, I like to play the drums and, and we can... You guys, here, here's the point, right? Don't compare yourselves. Well, I'm not, I, I just, I don't, I, you know? God made us for who we are, for his glory. We need to recognize that God purposely made us the way we are for his glory. We should be lifting each other up. We should be encouraging each other. Recognizing the differences are amazing. Everybody does everything, everybody does everything different. They're just different. We're just different. Don't compare ourselves, guys. Number two, don't compare ourselves to other churches. We're all on the same team. We're all on the same team. Let me give you three reasons why we shouldn't compare. Number one, other so-called perfection is just an illusion. Really simple. Don't believe what you see on Pinterest. Don't believe what you see on Facebook. Don't believe how how perfect that is. It's an illusion. Don't compare. Isn't it sad how we will take a picture and we'll and we'll make it look so good and it's not even that's not even the real thing. Number two, jot this down. Don't compare yourself because life isn't fair. 
Life isn't fair. I remember Nathalie telling me after Pastor Ron and Calvary Houston's wife died of cancer and Pastor Robert and Tucson's wife died of cancer, and she said, why not me? Why would God spare me? And I said, why wouldn't God spare you? Life isn't fair, guys. We can't go, oh, well, how come you get this or how come you get that? When somebody gets a brand new car, rejoice with them. Okay, they're the ones who have to make the payments, not you. <laughs> right? But we get so jealous. Well, I don't know why. I don't know why Brother Joe drives a brand new truck. He knows I've been wanting a brand new truck. I just don't understand it. That's, that's selfish. We go, man, praise God. And you know what Brother Joe said? Ben, you can use this truck anytime you want. And I believe it. I believe it. When somebody, gets, when somebody gets blessed, guys, why are we not the first ones to be going, yes, yes, praise God. You got that job. Amen. That's awesome. Because in the same time when they're hurting, we should be the first ones coming. Are you hurting? Well, let me tell you why you're hurting. Your fear is because you're not reading the Bible very much and you're not praying. That's not, they just want daddy, daddy. And I said, Tolia. There's nobody in the closet. She didn't care. She wanted daddy to hold her and say, it's going to be okay, baby. It's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. Number three, comparison turns your friends and allies into rivals. So we don't want to compare. They turn, it, 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 it gets ugly. I can't believe he did that. I can't believe it. Last one, last one, guys, moving forward, Calvary, moving forward. Welcome back Sunday. Teach others what you know. Teach others what you know. This one rule we need to live by from now on, okay? It's called discipleship. Now, let's break this down for a moment. It was William A. Ward who said, the mediocre teacher tells, the good teacher explains, the superior teacher demonstrates, but the great teacher inspires. I thought that was good. I thought that was good. You need to teach others what you know. Second Timothy chapter 2, verse 2 says, And the things that you have heard from me among many witnesses, commit these to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. Paul wasn't going, look at me. I'm the apostle Paul. Nobody can teach like me. He's going, no, teach people so they can teach. And we can have, we can have, that'd be amazing. That'd be amazing. Guys, moving forward as a church and in our lives, guys, that means putting these things into practice. Putting these things into practice. Now, as we close our Bible study, I have learned a lot these past few months. I hope you have too. I hope you have seen how people react in time of crisis. I hope you see how people are fearful. I hope you see how people are resilient, how God made us, how we have the courage to step out. But it's time for a change. It's time for a change. And I believe with all of my heart, I really do, guys, I believe that we're in the last 20 seconds of the game. 
And so the one thing we don't want to do is play church. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? Just play church. Like we just go and we sit and we go, we went to church, amen, but we still love, a, we, we want to go, okay, God, what do you have for me? I want to step out. I, I love my building. Thank you for the chairs, but what am I going to do? What am I going to do at Walmart? What am I going to do when I go to the grocery store? What am I going to do wherever God leads me? What am I going to do? Listen, here's my belief. People all the time ask me, what do you think about COVID-19? What do you think about, about the, the, you know, the shelter in place? What do you think about the virus? What do you think about people being at home? What do you think about people wearing masks versus not wearing masks? Let me tell you this. Let me tell you this. I believe that this is a dress rehearsal for what's about to come. God is so amazing. That he's warning his people. This is a dress rehearsal. Are we ready? Are we ready? I would challenge you guys, be ready. Be ready in season and out of season. Be ready to hear that trumpet. Now, Pastor Ben, chill out, bro. People have been saying this for years. Listen to me, those of you watching, listen, we have never had the technology we have today to usher in the Antichrist. We've never had it. A patent for microchipping individuals, which includes all your information and a vaccine, just got approved March 26, 2020. I don't say that to scare you. I say that to encourage you. It's, it's, it's here. It's here. What is that going to do to your heart? We go, I only got a few. I only got a little bit. Resolve those issues in your life. Take care of them. Move forward. Okay? Tell people about Jesus. Tell them about the love. Tell them that he's coming back. Guys, Jesus told us, as in the days of Noah, what were they doing? They were still getting married. They were just people going. And, and you know this. Come on, somebody testify. You've got people out there who have no idea on a spiritual level what's going on. It's just, it's just worldly to them. Boy, yeah, this is hard. I hope we get back to normal. I can't wait, to, I can't wait till football starts. I can't wait till the kids do the blah, blah, blah. And, and you're going, don't you see spiritually? And they're like, what are you talking about? We all know people like that. It's like, now's the time. Now's the time. So what do we do? The first thing we do is we check our own hearts. Lord, am I saved? Am I saved? I don't want to be left behind. I want to know that, that I want to know, I want to know you. And so I prayed a prayer, but I don't know if I'm saved. I don't know if God has really come in and, and, and transformed the inside. I have some good news for you. Today you can. All you have to do is open up your heart and invite him inside. Confess that you're a sinner. And, and he says, even in today's reading, today's reading, it said, what, 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 
what must we do to do the works of God? And you know what Jesus said? Believe in him. That's the only work you got to do is believe in him. Okay, I believe in him. But in a moment, I'm going to give you an opportunity, especially those watching online, I'm going to give you an opportunity to invite Jesus into your life. And maybe you're here, and God has been speaking to you, and you're, you're seriously going, Ben, I don't know if I'm saved. I don't know if I'm saved. I want to be. Now, I'm not talking about you go, oh, I doubt my salvation. No, no, no. If you've given your heart to Jesus, you know you're, you're just ready. Just be excited. But if you said, I actually, Ben, I actually feel like I'm a, I'm a million miles away from him. And I would encourage you. You might feel like you're a million miles away, but you're one decision away from, from knowing him today. And you go, what do I need to do? In a moment, just, just simply in your heart, just say, Lord Jesus, I am so sorry for my sin. I believe in you. And I came to church today, and I heard your voice. I confess my sin. Listen, take the guilt. Take the shame. Take it all away. Help me to be what you want me to be. I give you my life, Lord. I don't want to take it back anymore. I give you my life. Father, we thank you for your word today and the truth in your word. We thank you for these things moving forward. We're excited about what you have for us at Calvary. We're not in competition with any other church. God, we lift up churches. We pray for believers. We encourage other churches and pastors. God, we're all in this together. But Lord, we pray that they hear the gospel. And so with every eye closed and every head bowed, is there anybody here or watching that would say, Pastor, pray for me. I want to give my life to Jesus. I've been playing church. I've been messing around, Lord. I just haven't really committed to him. But today, after hearing some of these things, I, I need Jesus. I need Jesus. I'm not playing church no more. And if that's you, with every eye closed and every head bowed, especially you watching, would you just lift up your hand and say, Pastor, pray for me? I want Jesus. I want Jesus. Hey, God bless you. God bless you too. God bless you back there. Yes, this is, this is not a time to be playing. Anyone else? Anyone else? Those of you watching, listen, if you, if, just pray this prayer with me. If you lifted up your hand, pray this prayer. Lord Jesus, I'm sorry for my sin. I am a sinner in need of a Savior. I can't get to heaven without your Holy Spirit, and so I confess my sin to you. I'm asking you, God, to come into my life, to be my Lord, to be my God, to be my Savior, to be my friend. I choose this day to follow you forever. I'm yours. If you've prayed that prayer, welcome to the family of God. Welcome, welcome, welcome. And if you're watching online, just drop us a note. We want to send you some Bible. We want to give you some literature. Let us know. We've got to walk with this. Listen, we don't just want you to be born again and, and not have anything. We want you to move forward. Hey, this is Pastor Josh. I hope this message has encouraged you in your walk with Jesus. If it has, we would love to hear your story of how it has impacted you, or especially if you responded to the invitation to receive Jesus into your heart as your Lord and Savior. To get in touch or to receive more information, please contact us by phone at 806-799-2227 or send an email to calvarylubbock at hotmail.com. Again, that phone number is 806-799-2227. 
Also, if you want to partner with us financially to take the gospel to West Texas and the world, please click on the Donate button on calvarychapellubbock.org. Thanks for listening to the podcast. May God richly bless you.